The emphasis on responsiveness and immediacy is becoming more and more an issue. And actually, I always call it the, the, the fourth leg of the stool, which used to be price quality delivery. It's now responsiveness. Yeah. There's no question that suppliers out there that can respond are going to uh, see great market share progress because that's really the single biggest challenge with you know our suppliers having challenges finding people uh, our suppliers having challenges getting product from Asia yeah our suppliers just challenged you know there's you, I could I could go on with a list of 12 reasons why they're struggling but the suppliers that have figured out how to overcome are seeing massive growth right now. The first goal for modern marketing in today's manufacturing environment is to make sure the products stay top of mind. If you're looking for marketing industry knowledge, you're in the right place. This podcast will help you overcome your marketing and sales challenges. I'm Sana Vending, and in this podcast, we'll take a deep dive and explore how to succeed in the electronics manufacturing industry. Welcome to Mind Innovation special edition about modern marketing for manufacturing companies and manufacturing reps. We'll be talking to industry leaders about how they're meeting the needs of their B2B customers in the electronics manufacturing industry. I'm your host, Sana Vending, and today I have Cameron English with me. He's the president CEO at English Technical Sales. He specialized in electromechanical electronic technology. He's managing and operating a highly skilled sales team. He's also an active member of the Electronics Representative Association, the EIA, where he's part of the executive committee as a senior VP of industry. Welcome, Cameron. I'm so happy to have you on today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm uh, thrilled to be here. Yeah. So um, let's let's learn a little bit about you, right? So the listener can know you know who you are. So can you can you tell a little bit more about yourself? All right. Well, um, I'm a career rep. I was raised in this business, second generation. Uh, my father started the company in 1970, and uh, I joined in '86, which I know it's hard to believe I'm that old, but 1986. I've uh, been doing this for a while. I uh, My father retired and I took over the company in 1995. And uh, we formed a company that we call um, uh, Power uh, Interconnect and Signal Integrity Specialists. So that's how we define ourselves. Yeah. Um, if you broke it down, you'd look at us as a mixed technology, semiconductor and passive electromechanical uh, broadline rep. So we typically run about 12 lines and we are what I like to describe as a regional representative. Our elevated partnerships are uh, typically um, with companies that will contract with us in both uh, Southern California and what I call the Southwest, which is Arizona, New Mexico and Clark County, Nevada. So that's a little bit about our company. Yep. Uh, we're about 10, 11 people and um, we're sort of seeing a, a very I should say, very COVID recent transition of how we're deploying resources, which I think will be kind of fun to talk about today. Yeah, awesome. So what, you know, manufacturing reps, what, what does it take to be a great one? Well, you know, one of the things we learned in COVID is the strong reps had one overriding characteristic that really carried them uh, through the challenges of COVID. And as you know, it was a very bizarre experience for all of us because we we went from being very social 
in-person to very social uh, virtual. And um, one of the reoccurring themes that came out from all of the water cooler uh, seminars, from all of the virtual <laughs> Zoom meetings was that it all came down to one thing and that was how connected were you or are you or could yeah. you be? So if you didn't have connections before COVID, it was almost impossible to develop them after COVID. So you brought with you that one intellectual property or what I call the personal power base, yeah, which is your existing connections with your customers. Um, staying connected with your suppliers became an ongoing challenge and is still a challenge, but uh, you know, reps that were really dedicated to their, you know, their personal power base, that included our suppliers and, um, and included how we connected with them, which at times was challenging, you know? Yeah. So what's, you know, right now, right? You see a lot in, in, in the news, right? Companies saying, hey, you have to be back in the office. Um, or there's hybrid, or you know, you can be totally remote. There's all kind of different flavors right now, um, and of course, I know with your sales team, you're, they're used to be on the road. Um, but how, you know, how does it look right now when they need to go and meet, you know, the engineers? Do they need to drive now longer, you know, to go and saying, okay, they can meet them close to their home, right? Take them out for lunch there, uh, or, or how do they, how do they stay connected? You know, it's it's a combination of everything, really. I, I think that. Uh, I'll give you an example. We had a supplier in last week and we scheduled what they call, uh, you know, a tech show. These tech shows are really kind of fun because you just go out and this happens to be a connector supplier and you put all of their vast uh, range of product on, say, a conference room table. Yeah. We invite all the engineers to come through. In this case, it was an abject failure because out of 10 engineers invited, only two were in the building that day yeah. and the rest had continued to elect to work out of their office. In yeah. fact, one of my really, really good key contacts I had found had moved to North Carolina and I've been, in, I've been interfacing with this guy for the past three months. Yeah. I had no idea he'd moved to North Carolina, you know, because yeah. his email remained the same and uh, yeah. yeah, you won't be able to see it. Uh, yeah. So you need like a GoPro almost there, right? Saying now we have yeah. hands on. <laughs> well, it presents a challenge because yeah. here's a guy working on North Carolina, but technically he's in my yeah, territory. customer yeah. responsibility. Yeah. So um, these are the, the new things that are being thrown at us. So yeah. if, if I had to put assign a quantitative number to it, I would say that the customers are back at a, at a duty cycle of about 30% in person in their facilities. Yeah. And it's slowly coming back. Um, we have examples of some customers that I'll, I'll remain nameless. Yeah. That have tried to issue mandates. Yeah. Uh, where we want you back in the facility, you know, period. And they've had mass uh, exodus of yeah. saying, no, virus. I'm not going, I'm going to go find a job that'll let me work virtually. Yeah. 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 Or, or hybrid, right? If that's, if that is, a, yeah. is an option. Um, yeah. What about behavior? Because I think if we talk about B2C, right? E-commerce, you know, the, how we're used to, you know, when you order something, it just come or you search for something. Is the behavior and the habits, is that turning in for the, to, to, to reflect how we, 
act, you know, with B2B customers? You know, are you just, you, when you look for information or you're saying, oh, I need a sample and then you're like, okay, I need it tomorrow, right? Is the behavior, are they, are they going to merge more together or will they always be separate? You know, if anything, and I've seen, um, it, it never ceases to, to amaze me that the emphasis on responsiveness and immediacy is becoming more and more an issue. And actually, I always call it the, the, the fourth leg of the stool, which used to be price quality delivery. It's now responsiveness. Yeah. There's no question that suppliers out there that can respond are going to uh, see great market share progress because that's really the single biggest challenge with, you know, our suppliers having challenges finding people, uh, our suppliers having challenges getting product from Asia. Yeah. Our suppliers just challenged, you know, there's, you, I could, I could go on with a list of 12 reasons why they're struggling, but the suppliers that have figured out how to overcome are seeing massive growth right now. Yeah. Absolutely astonishing growth. Despite that there's like longer lead times, right? On, on a lot of components and products. Uh, lead times and even just responsiveness. You know? Yeah. yeah. The, simple, the simple overriding strategy, if you want to succeed, just respond. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It sounds easy, right? But apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, what about the different uh, generations, right? The younger engineering that, that's coming in now to, to the workspace. Um, have you seen any, you know, specific habits or how do you communicate to them? How do, how do they find you guys? Has anything changed? Because you've been in this industry for, for many years. Well, yeah, this is, this is kind of a, a really kind of, I'm intrigued with this because it's happening right in front of us. And if you're paying attention, you're seeing absolutely um, astonishing transformation about our industry. I'm speaking specifically as manufacturers reps, but yeah. I'm trying myself to respond to it, but you know, I'm a little bit old school. I still, I still believe in the face-to-face -face and the, the old tradition of- You, you still leave a voicemail? No. <laughs> yeah, I still leave voicemail. Not. I'm starting to wonder if that's a mistake. That's a mistake. But, uh, yeah, I had one customer tell me the other day, what the hell is with you and your voicemails? You need yeah. to start texting. I said, well, I don't, I don't know if I have your cell number. Can I have your cell number? But anyway, the transformation that's occurring right before our eyes is 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 really came came visible to me because I was involved with establishing this new group within the area called NextGen. Yeah. NextGen are all the new hires uh, – for example, we've we've hired two people straight out of college as interns, and one of them has made the transition really well and now is a senior territory manager. But your question really applies to how do they work differently yeah. than you know the old school guys like me. And it really is uh, is kind of fascinating to watch. But you joked about voicemail versus text. Yeah. You know, five years ago, I would never have presume to text one of my engineering contacts. I, I would have thought that was like too personal or, yeah. you know, I, I get texts from my kids, but now more and more, I'm getting more and more texts from customers. And I think they just find it really efficient. Yeah. You know? yeah. Beyond that, we've invested in two business development managers that we've recruited 
that their entire focus is on um, our automation intellectual uh, property tools, uh, IP, or um, I would call them AI, that do auto outreach to our engineering community with technical uh, bulletins. Yeah. And we've worked really hard to profile, say, we seg- have segmented the engineers into categories like medical engineers or or IoT engineers or wireless or um, military aerospace, uh, yeah. a- avionics, you know. And then we blast out to them very, very specific uh, targeted technologies that we think would apply to their industry. And so for the first time ever, I have two dedicated employees that are never really expected to go out in the field. They're, they're yeah. sitting there day in, day out using software programs that basically uh, dig for contact names and for um, specialists within, say, EV charging. Yeah. So, and we're getting great results. That's uh, awesome. Our suppliers love it, by the way. They, yeah. we, send them, we send them the resulting data of things like, for example, who clicked through to go to their website. Yeah. Who opened up the brochure on the technology? Yeah. Uh, who actually sent an email back? And um, the results are better than I would have expected in the old days when you just did email blasts. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but this is more target, right? So yeah. that it it brings more value to to the one who actually opens the email. So what what do you put in the email? Um, is that do you go back to the supplier and saying, hey, you need to <laughs> need to step up the game and give me me some more, or are they all great, giving you all kinds of case studies, product flyers, all kinds of stuff? You know, it's such an appropriate question because in the old days, we would send out a, an email blast, right? Yeah, and it was just very marketing. Today, what we go to our suppliers and we say, hey, can you send me something? that is specific in your technical space to say EV charging. And of course they'll send me a 27 page PowerPoint. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's, let's try this again. <laughs> I need this to be one, almost like a, uh, a flash yeah. of technology that has the option to click through. Yeah. And I want to, I know how I am. I want to protect those engineers rights to just delete and not have to surf and dig scroll up and down a page, for example. Yeah. I want them to be able to scan it, look at it and say, I'm interested or I'm not interested, you know? And yeah. it's pure technology. Is There's no marketing hype. There's no, hey, look at our factories in Asia. How great are we? It's all, this technology solves this problem in this yeah. space. So you're educating, right? In a really yeah. fast, yeah, fast way. But it's very specific and there's no marketing. There's no branding that... Now that may be to a fault, but uh, we're we're trying to learn how to fine tune our own process, and yeah. that's why companies like yours, I think, can be really helpful to the rep industry. You know how to do this. I've I've watched you work. And yeah, I've watched the way you roll out a campaign on, say, a new product, and it, it's very impressive. So, as reps, this is still a lot of new ground for us. We're we're learning yeah. as we go. Thank you. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm really happy to hear that you are actually are stepping in. And, and sending out some of these email campaigns that are target. And as you're saying, let's not do the blast, right? You're actually bringing value to a certain group um, and educating them or giving them the opportunity, right? To go deeper and saying, hey, yes, I want to learn more. Um, and then 
either you know look at the manufacturer or the supplier's website or actually contacting you yeah. um so what what do you think with distribution what will that look like if we have to look into the future like five or ten years well that's that's probably the toughest this is the toughest economic and you know with everything that's going on in the world i i can't think back and remember more of a um a volatile scary future outlook uh yeah and i think the media adds to that fud you know fear uncertainty and doubt when we actually look at what's happening right now we've had a record quarter We've had um, the bonuses that are in our incentive plan that are about to be paid out in July 1st are the strongest that I've seen for two years. Um, the, the metrics that we track for new business opportunity are stronger than I've seen in two years. So if it was just based on data alone, on performance productivity, yeah. I would say we're having the best run that we've had in a long time. But Having said that, I would add that based on what I'm seeing with the depletion of inventories at, at some of the major distributors with uh, the ongoing supply chain issues, uh, I have to say uh, there's a lot of FUD factor that are pointing to what could potentially be catastrophic challenges coming up. Yeah. Probably most likely next year, but uh, they're coming, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and it and you need to stay proactive, right? So you you're not going to fall or something going to happen. Um, so so what are, what are you putting in place right now? So you, you so to stay proactive. Well, you know, obviously we live and breathe on the quality of our lines. So we've been very fortunate to add a couple good supplier partners. Um, we're investing in this business development because uh, let's say the next round of COVID locks everybody back down yeah uh, I want to I want to have I want to be one of the companies that learn from the experience and doesn't just react so we're trying to get ahead of that curve and whatever reality comes our way we want to show that our suppliers that we are productive yeah so productivity for us comes down to really uh, a couple major um, things that we track. One is new business opportunity and the other is, you know, good old fashioned book to bill. Yeah. So uh, both are looking really strong right now. Uh, let's say that we go back into like a 2008 where the wheels come off. Um, <laughs> we're fortunate because we've had some really big, big strategic wins that will continue to carry us. But an extended recession, I think, is just going to be what all of us fear right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm hopeful that, you know, between inflation and uh, recession, that somehow it's managed in 2023. Right now, I think the course is set for 2022. The unknown is 2023. And um, in an interview um, with Phil Gallagher, Gallagher at Avnet, I asked him that same question that you just yeah. asked me. And I felt bad for asking the question because anything he says <laughs> could actually affect the stock of a $20 billion dollar company. <laughs> I say, I'll, I'll be lucky to affect, you know, uh, 
my dog Hondo for, yeah. <laughs> for the next 15 minutes. But when Phil speaks, you know, it's different. Yeah. And he said the same thing. He said, you know, it's going to be up and down and yeah. we just don't have the ability to predict right now because things are so volatile. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's there's something big going on. Um, I want to go back to to the engineers and and you know who you have your relationship with. So if we look at the pandemic, right? Everybody jumped on Teams and Zoom, and we were like, oh, we we're like connecting, right? Like webinars, like every thirty minutes, right? You couldn't eat, drink more coffee almost that day, um, and now and then everybody got tired, right? That was getting fatigue over all these these webinars or or lunch. I don't know if it was lunch and learn. Um, so what's what's going on now? How do you you know, because again, right, you said you had like you, you brought in the lunch and learn. Not everybody was in the office. So how do you how do you teach um, and stay have this relationship? Is it still is it back to the Zoom or the team calls or, or how do you how do you keep educating the engineering? You know, I think I think the biggest thing, the, the dynamic that we're observing is uh, our industry is aging quickly and there's a lot of older traditional engineers and customers, you know, employees are retiring. So I'm fascinated with how young everybody seems to be and how sharp they are and how versatile they're, they're way more versatile than say my peer group uh, is today in the way we work. So they're fine with virtual. Yeah. I think, I think what's happening is this younger generation that's coming in and now assuming uh, responsibility is much more uh, suited to multitasking, to very, very fast-moving, fast-paced virtual meetings. Yeah. And, and now I find when I go into an actual face-to-face, -face, uh, the meeting is very efficient. We move much more quickly. We we get right to the subject, we get done with the subject, and we end the meeting. Yeah. So meetings seem like they're much more efficient is the only word I can come up with. Yeah. And the younger generation seems wired to to move at a much faster pace. So I think that's all good. Especially yeah. if you're a manufacturer's rep. Yeah. The faster you can move, the more money you can make. You know, it's yeah. you want things to to move along real quick. Yeah. But uh, having said that, you know, the expectation is they they want immediate answers, these younger engineers. They I don't think they really um, are wired to to let the thing go through a process. So our suppliers that are oriented that way are, are going to be much more successful. Yeah. Know? So it's the speed of, of getting feedback or getting samples or getting, yeah, solve, you know, the, the questions or the, exactly. yeah. the velocity of accurate, um, uh, uh, pertinent, um, effective, communication is has become critical yeah and uh, I think some suppliers are responding to that with really bolstering their websites so there's access to technical data yeah and, and the better they do with that the better it is for for our suppliers yeah what about have you thought and and uh, hopefully you have um <laughs> so when you have this I don't know if you call it lunch and learner and it, have you thought about making it like record the training and then put it on YouTube of course under then under your brand yeah, well, I, I've been told, uh, you and I've had this conversation that the the most effective YouTube video is, say, two minutes. Yeah. So one of the things that we're still struggling with our suppliers is the death by PowerPoint 
you know, <laughs> mentality. They put up pictures of their factories in Timbuktu. They yeah. put up, you know, yeah. all kinds of org yeah. charts. Let's get to page 30 and then we can talk. No. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see an org chart with 300 people on it and yeah. you can't even see the names of the people. Uh, so we work really hard yeah. to say, boil this down to what matters to that particular customer. So Jeff Bezos is quoted of having said something that I abuse. Yeah. And that's a start with the customer and work backwards. And my suppliers really struggle with this. Yeah. They're all about what they think they need to produce to show relevancy and legitimacy, but none of it matters if it doesn't matter to the customer. Now, when I say customer, I mean our distribution partners. Yeah. I mean the engineers that we're talking to. I mean, um, the supply chain people that we're talking to. So, um, like for example, we took a 37-page PowerPoint and we boiled it down to six slides. But it was incredibly painful yeah. to convince the supplier to do that. Yeah. But those six slides had everything that that distribution branch wanted, the yeah. technology and how it applied. That's all it had. Yeah. So that's my struggle with my suppliers is re-educating them. Yeah, to go get yeah get into what actually matters, right? And to the value. Start with the customer and work backwards. Yeah. They really struggle with that. Yeah. They think, I think they think that part of their job is they have to show all this content. Otherwise, they're not doing their job. Yeah. But you know, I've read somewhere that only 10% of the content makes it through the gauntlet to your customer during a presentation. So why not just focus on that 10%? Just yeah eliminate the 90 that's not going to be remembered you know yeah yeah no and and i think it's the same if you go to a website nobody reads anymore right you you scan and then you stop if there's anything that catch your eye to say oh i want to learn more here right and then you will actually read what's going on um and i think it's the same if you sit there and there's like i don't know 40 pages in a presentation you're like oh, right let's yeah. just yeah let's get to it um and and also with with being online the whole history of the company right your customer you can give them and saying hey go here right read about us right see the factory tour um as well and that will give a lot of these pages so you don't have to start from scratch and saying we were born back in the days <laughs> and this is what we did and this is how we pivot and now 30 years later yeah um no so so right now what are what are the biggest challenge you're facing right now as a sales rep Manufacturing. Well, absolutely. Number one is as we grow back to pre-COVID levels is finding people. Yeah. And I got to tell you, one of the most frustrating things for me is we finally got through COVID. Things are improving and people are coming after my employees and offering them incredible salary packages. So it's hurt me pretty good. I've had to match certain salary yeah. offers on certain employees that I felt like they were indispensable, but um, I'm really struggling. I, I, um, I've tried to get creative. We just hired an intern out of Cal State Fullerton. In fact, we were very proud to have received the ERA National uh, Mark Motzinger White Pin Scholarship for this yeah. individual. Oh, congratulations. And so it made it really attractive for this individual to be given a very nice compensation package as he finishes up his engineering program at Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. So he's on board with us a couple of days a week, but 
these are the kinds of things that I'm trying is, is reaching out to the local colleges that have engineering programs. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be forced to, to, uh, to act out the same strategies where I'm recruiting from um, customers and recruiting from industry because there's just, it's really tough to find people. Yeah. I know that's not news, but uh, you know, no, that's how the world, how the world is right now. Right. Yeah. I'm working really hard to shore up and retain my own employees because they're all being targeted. Yeah. Which is a compliment, but on the other hand, it's a, it's hard, you know. You need to have a good company culture, right? That's your that's yeah. some of it. It's, you're exactly right. Culture yeah. trumps everything yeah. else. Yeah, it just does. And it's it's so important that that you have it and you understand um because company culture is just it's it's a big mountain, right? That there's so many things in it. Um and it's it's to be employee centric, right? To understand your employees. Yeah. And we've we've worked real hard at that. You know, the old the old uh, paradigm that um, beatings will continue until morale improves. Uh, my, my goal is to convince every one of my staff that I want their success uh, almost more than they do. You know, yeah. I want them to hit those, you know, incentive bonuses. I want them to feel like that we've created a company that is an enjoyable place to work, you know? Yeah. And, um, so it's not easy though, you know, because our, our supplier, the pressure from our suppliers is increasing in magnitudes right now as COVID opens up and they all want to come back into the field. And so they're all hitting me up at once. And so I feel like a uh, dispatcher. Right now. <laughs> uh, we can't take you the week of June 19th, but the next week we can take you, you know, so it's, it's almost like uh, a juggling act right now for us as reps. Yeah. No, no, you will. I'm sure you'll do good. Um, I, I know you. you, you will, you will find a good way to do it. So if, uh, if any of the listeners wants to, to reach out to you, how can they c connect to you? Uh, well, we're on LinkedIn. <laughs> You'd laugh at this because uh, it's almost embarrassing, but um, one of my employees that was managing our LinkedIn left and they left with the password. No. And, and so you wouldn't believe what I went through with LinkedIn to get them to give me my own password. Yeah. But finally, um, one of my new business development guys is a software, it's really strong software. He he figured out how to get us back up and running on LinkedIn. But you reach me through LinkedIn, you can reach me uh, through our website, www.englishsales.com. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you're easy to find. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually pretty attentive to LinkedIn and to uh, anything that comes through our website. But, uh, awesome. And I, I'll make sure to put the links in the, in the show notes as well. And I'll also put it on the, the website for mindinnovation.com. So Cameron, thank you so much uh, for being on here today. I think it was great to hear, you know, the challenges, what you see for the future. Um, and there's so much going on, right. In the whole supplier manufacturing rep and distribution world. It's, it's, um, it's, it's exciting and it's also scary sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's a pleasure to be a part of this. I know that uh, the way you work is exactly where we're trying to strengthen our um, our capability. And I think each of our suppliers would benefit greatly by deploying some of the, the same strategies that you and I worked on when we worked on that prior company that we shared together. And uh, so 
<clears throat> I'm really looking forward to uh, ongoing uh, business development uh, strategy, working with you directly and introducing you to my suppliers. And I, I hope every rep gets to know what you do and can also um, introduce you to their suppliers so that we can get our suppliers tuned up. And uh, we have a mutual acquaintance that uh, was a sales manager for the company that you and I were, were working yeah. and representing together. And he said to me one time, he said, Sana is the most effective marketing person creating more new leads and opportunities than anybody I have ever worked with. I think that's one of the best endorsements in today's virtual world <laughs> that anybody could give another another uh, business associate. So my um, best wishes to you and your new gender as a marketing uh, development uh, entity. And I really am trying to promote you to my own suppliers out of my own self-interest. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the kind words. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me on, on the program. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mind Innovation Special Edition about modern marketing for manufacturing companies and manufacturing reps. New episodes are dropping bi-weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Senna Vending. You can also find me on YouTube, search for Mind Innovation, or go to my website, senavending.com, or check out mindinnovation.com. Stay curious and keep learning.